All right, we are welcomed here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm JJ Stankovitz, joined by Casey Valia, and we are we are joined here on the Colts Audio Network by Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Jordan underscore Reed. That's R I E D. Jordan, thanks so much for taking some time with us today here at the Combine. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure being here. So let's start with the quarterback class this year. We've been talking to a lot of people about it. How do you view the the, the top-end talent and the depth of this year's quarterback class? Well, it's a little bit different than what we have seen in years past. There's not that quarterback that has just jumped out to us as that quarterback one. In the last three years, we've been blessed with really good quarterbacks as far as at the top. Three years ago, we had Kyler Murray. After that, we had Joe Burrow. And then this past year, we had Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. This class just doesn't contain that QB1. And whenever there isn't that guy or a couple guys at the top that there is to talk about, you're always going to hear the term, it's a down or bad quarterback class. I don't necessarily think that. I think there's some talented guys in this class. Even though the depth overall isn't great after the the first few rounds, there's some talented guys that I think could go in the first round. I feel comfortable with three guys probably going in the first round right now, which is Malik Willis from Liberty, Kenny Pickett from Pitt, and then also Matt Corral from Mm -hmm. Ole Miss. I feel comfortable about all three of those guys going in the first round right now. After that, it's a wild card with North Carolina Sam Howell and then also Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. Now, I know this is kind of in the eye of the beholder, but a lot of people talk about these quarterbacks being projects. And let's say those top three guys that you think are first-round guys, if you had to give that view of in two years, in three years, are any of those guys like you're looking at, you know, maybe they they take a year or two years, kind of like the Jordan Love, like the Green Bay Packers way of doing things. Are those guys in this where you think in a couple years they'll have that ready to go be the quarterback one? Yeah, if you're looking for a guy that probably translates – the best right away. Kenny Pickett is probably your guy just because he has over 50 career starts. He has plenty hands of success. But are so small, you know? Yeah, that's, that's going to be the thing with him. I was just talking with my colleague, Todd McShagan. He was saying that every quarterback that's hit under the nine-inch threshold hasn't gone on to have success. The only one is Michael Vick back in 2001, and we know wow. that Michael Vick has some exterior traits that yeah, helps him overcome. a different skill set sure. than Kenny Pickett. Yeah, <laughs> very vastly different. So that's an interesting little nugget to chew on a little bit in a sense. But Kenny, he's talented, um, but he does have his limitations in a sense. But as far as the intangibles, he's a great leader. Had a phenomenal year last year, 42 touchdowns, so only seven interceptions. Pitt went on to win the ACC title for the first time yeah. in a long time. So he has experience at the position too but just the upside that's something that's always going to be a big question with him and of course the hand size even though he did play right. in Pittsburgh which doesn't have the best weather exactly yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like he played in sunny Miami or anything <laughs> right. like that so it's that's the great thing about draft season there's always going to be things to debate what have you learned about some of the guys who could be in play for the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one overall obviously they're not going quarterback but you know it seems like you know maybe an Evan Neal uh, you know, they could go get the tackle from North Carolina. They could go get the defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, Kayvon Thibodeau. What have you learned about maybe some of the guys who could be in play for Jacksonville? And, and what's your sense a month and a half before the draft of where the Jaguars might go there? I think it's down to two players, and it's Kim McQuanu from North yeah. Carolina State and then also Alabama's Evan Neal. I think, this, I so, think those so are – So two tackles. Yeah, yeah, just because you want to figure out a way to set Trevor Lawrence up 
as far as a succession plan. You want to figure out some ways to help him succeed. And the Jaguars, Cam Robinson, played on the franchise tag this past year. Walker Little, who was a second-round pick a year ago, showed some promise down the backstretch of the year. They have Jawan Taylor, second-round pick from Florida a couple years ago. He's entering the final year of his deal. But the great thing about Neil and Aquanu is both of those guys have played guard before, and I think either one of them can fill in in a pinch. So if you want to start Walker Little at left tackle and figure out if you still have something in Jawan Taylor and let his contract figure itself out. You can slide either one of those guys in at guard, and then their second years, you can kick them outside if you want to. How do Neil and uh, Aquanu, how do they how do they differ in terms of their, their body types, their skill yeah. set, what they offer? Yeah, so I posted a picture on Twitter a little bit earlier saw just it. talking yeah. to Evan Neal. He's the slimmest 340 pounds that I've ever seen Couldn't believe that. in my life. Like He's, he's built kind of like Tyron Smith from Dallas. Everything is just tightly wounded together, and he has a really impressive physique. He's much bigger than Aquanu right now. Um, Neil is about six foot seven, about 340 pounds. He says he's listed at 360 on the roster, so we'll see what he ends up coming in weight-wise. But I, I was able to see Kim actually play against Wake Forest. I got to stand on the sideline beside him. He's about six foot four, 320 pounds. So there's going to be some arguments about is he a guard or is he a tackle. That's something that you're going to hear very frequently about him. I think he's going to be fine at tackle. He proved on his film this past season that he can hold up at guard. But we're talking about the next level at the NFL too now. So that's going to be the big thing about him. Now, one of the things we've been talking about here from a Colts perspective, it's hard when you don't have a first-round pick and you've got some positions of need, and left tackle is one that right now Eric Fisher is a free agent, so you aren't sure whether they're not going to bring him back. But it has been talked about how it's a very deep tackle group. When you look at the Colts sitting there in that second round, is there a guy there you know, that maybe isn't one of those you know, top five guys that you're going to see going early, but that could slide down and be a guy that you look at, you know, he can be the left tackle? Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that. I just wrote an article on ESPN.com just trying to match a prospect for all 32 teams, and the one that I wrote for the Colts, his name is Sean Ryan. He's an offensive tackle from UCLA. And he has guard and also tackle flexibility. And that's the big thing out there about him right now. Is he a guard or is he a tackle? But he reminds me of Braden Smith when he was oh, coming okay. out of Auburn. Mm-hmm. He's a, the exact type of player coming out. And I think they took Braden in the second round. Yeah. And the thing with Braden was that I thought he was going to be a guard on the next level. And he proved me very wrong <laughs> with that. He ended up being outside and being very consistent at that right tackle spot. So Ryan is very, very similar as far as a body type and then a playing style. Go watch him against Kayvon Thibodeau. He pitched a shutout against them to okay. where they had to move right. Thibodeau to the other side actually he had that much success against him that's pretty good good to know on that uh it's another deep draft for wide receivers feels like every year is a deep draft for receivers but what are what are some of the how, how does the skill set of that that kind of defines this draft of receivers it seems like last year there's a lot of slot guys you yeah. know your your rondale moores and your elijah moores in the slot what's the when we talk about it this being a deep draft for wide receivers, what are we talking about it being a deep draft for with wide receivers? I think with the wide receivers in this class mostly is that the everybody's kind of small in a sense. Mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson, I think he came in at like 181 pounds. Jamison Williams was 179 pounds. And Garrett Wilson, I think he was 181 pounds. So the thing about the NFL is it's kind of shifting back to that smaller type of wide receiver that just understands how to get open. And I think that's the great thing about this class. And if you remember last year, Devontae Smith, Devontae what Smith. was yeah, the big it. debate yeah. about yeah. him? He came in at, what, 166 pounds? Yeah. Yeah. So he was smaller weight-wise than a lot of these guys. And the NFL is getting to the point now where 
They just care if you can create separation and get open consistently. I think a lot of guys in this class are able to do that. Some of the names that I mentioned, Garrett Wilson, he's my favorite receiver right now in this class, and he came in at 5'11", 181 pounds. Today, Jahan Dotson, I think, is another that is just naturally able to get open. But with the Colts not having a first-round pick, they're probably not going to be in contention right, right. for some of those guys. But one name I would tell Colts, Colts fans to keep an eye on that I think could be in their wheelhouse. His name is David Bell from Purdue. Well, yeah, we know him yeah. here. We know David <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he reminds me, of, or I think he would be a really good fit on this roster. Now, with that, one of the things that, you know, everybody wants around, you want to build whatever weapon it is possible. So when you look at wide receiver, that also kind of lends its hand to, to another pass-catching option at tight end. I know it's a very deep tight end class, and the Colts have a second-round pick, as we've mentioned, but it doesn't sound like there's any first-round graded yeah. tight ends. Why is that? I know they talk about it's deep, but why is there no graded first-round tight ends? Well, you know, there's not that guy that just jumped out like a T.J. Hawkinson or a mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. There just wasn't that dominant guy. Similar to quarterback, nobody just completely dominated the season from start to finish. And the thing about tight end is that it's one of the hardest to – positions to adjust to in the NFL just because you're learning two positions at one time just because tight ends are required to block now as well as be pass catchers and then you have some that play in line and then some that flex out and then there's some that play both so TJ Hawkinson is a great example he's really just starting to come into his own he was drafted a couple years ago so tight ends are so tricky you guys have been blessed to have some really good ones in years (laughs) past even going all the way back to Dallas Clark who was a, a, a great player for the franchise but I think they can get some upgrades at that spot I think they may be trying to get that guy that can be that go-to option for the quarterback. I'm always curious how how folks who cover the draft think about this. And and you know when you you talked about you did that piece where you you kind of found a fit for every team in the draft. Knowing what you do about Chris Ballard and the way that he operates in the draft, how does that influence when you do mock drafts? Of hey, this guy I can mock him to the Colts because he fits the profile of what the Colts are looking for. Like, how does that knowledge influence you? Yeah, so I actually have a couple friends in the Colts scouting department, and I'll just send him a name, and he'll just send me thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> so that, ma- that makes uh-huh. it a lot easier for me. So Sean Ryan was a name that, um, that I sent to him. He just – he kind of went thumbs down, but he was like, uh, after that. So uh, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. But, yeah, I, I think Sean Ryan would be a really good player for the Colts. But the great thing about the Colts is that they have an exceptional talent evaluator leading it all. I think Chris Ballard is outstanding. He just has a great eye for talent. And we've seen the names that he has bought in, whether it's a, a Darius Leonard or somebody like mm-hmm. that. So I think the names that he has bought in, he's not scared to take risk on player players, whether it's small schools or FBS talent. Final thing for me, you know, this is one of the things that's looming is this could be the last time the Combine is going to be here yeah. in Indianapolis. Just give us maybe your positives about what this city does for the Combine. I hope it doesn't move just because everything – the great thing about Indy is that everything is just tight-knitted here. Mm-hmm. You can go to stuff downtown if you need to. The hospital's right here for the players. The convention center is absolutely gorgeous. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, like I, I did a lap in here, I think it was two days ago. It takes you forever. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh-huh. It takes you forever just to get some exercise in. So the thing about Indy is that – I love the eating spots. I've probably eaten. I've probably eaten like two pounds of steak <laughs> yep. over the past few yep. days. So, yeah, I, I'm, I hope it doesn't leave. I love Indy. It's just so historical. As we kind of turn our attention to the draft at the end of the month, or not the end of the month, in a month and a half, one thing I've heard some people talk about with this draft is that it's not top heavy, but it's deep. Yeah. Is this? I don't ever want to say there's a good year to not have a first round pick because it's you know it's good having first round picks. But is this a year where not having a first-round pick might not be prohibitive to finding plug-and-play starters or talented guys 
in the you know day two day three of the draft yeah I agree with that just because we've been so blessed in years past with having those surefire guys that you knew from day one was going to step in and be guys like Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase you knew all those guys were going to be pro bowl or potentially all pro even players as rookies so I don't think we have that in this class and I mean there's some really good players at the top but the depth of this class really is probably in the second and the third round so right on day two which is great for the Colts just because I think they have pick 47 in the second Mm -hmm. round so at that 47th pick they could go offensive line they could go tight end they could go cornerback there's so many different areas that they could go awesome appreciate the knowledge jordan thanks for joining us here absolutely thanks as always guys